Hi, thank you for joining us at UInc. Have a smiley is off this week for the holidays and we'll be back with you next Friday at 8. My name is Rhea Greif and I'm here with you today as I am every week to help build the most important brand in your life, which is you. When we talk about building, we use tools and the same goes for building our brand. These wellness tools will help elevate your emotional intelligence and help to lead you in a more positive, successful direction in life and in business. Some of these tools you will find helpful today and some you will put on your shelf for later depending on when you will need to use it. But this week's tool is creativity and why it is important to have the ability to harness creativity as part of your life and how to utilize this gift once I've demonstrated to you that this is a great tool for your brand. Okay, so let's start with a question. When was the last time you had a creative idea? And what was it? Did you act on it? What researchers have found is that globally, two-thirds of individuals feel that they are not living up to their creative potential. More than half the world thinks of creativity as a mysterious quality that others possess. In fact, everyone has the potential to be creative. Everyone but it is schooled and institutionalized out of us early on. Children go from being 90% highly creative at age five to only 10% highly creative by age seven. A good deal of research suggests, however, that everyone is capable of tapping into his or her creative spirit. And I don't mean just getting better ideas, but a kind of general awareness that leads to a greater enjoyment of your work and the people in your life. The book, the Cheat Code by Brian Wong goes beyond breaking the rules to never even learning them. Just approach things blissfully unaware and let things happen organically. And you can find this book as well as all the articles and the music we are playing on our website, so check us out. It is important to commit now to cultivate our creativity. Lack of creativity is the exact reason why so many people become miserable in their 30s and feel like they've gone nowhere in their life which only turns to feeling complete despair and just going through the motions day to day as time goes on. When most people out there see a problem, they just complain about it instead of trying to resolve it because they never used creativity to problem shoot before. What you need to understand is that your creativity is what makes your life fun and is what gets you excited each and every day you wake up in the morning and helps you get what you want out of life. In business, Creative thinking is behind all successful companies. Creative thinking often takes a different approach to problem solving, and when that kind of approach is taken in a business atmosphere, the outcome can be both rewarding and pleasantly surprising. 
In other words, a spirit that can improve collaboration and communication with others. And if you're now just joining us, you are listening to 90.5 WCBE, and you're here with us today with Rhea Greif on U Inc. So you are now convinced that you want to get back your creativity. Great, let's get started. The everyday expression of creativity often takes the form of trying a new approach to a familiar dilemma. But before we can talk about what those things are, let's put it into context of how the creative process works. First is the preparation phase, which is searching out any information and letting your imagination roam free. Being receptive as well is a critical skill in this phase. Second is the incubation phase when you digest all that you've gathered. This is outside of your focused awareness, but in our unconscious, basically sleeping on it. Next is the illumination phase or that eureka moment when the answer you've been searching for comes to you out of nowhere, even though it is not because you've been actively working, getting creativity into your life. Finally, you need to translate this into action. Don't be afraid. Go for it. So what do you actually do? You need to take risks. Creative people welcome risk as a way to learn something new. Mindware, a book by Richard Nesbitt, is another great place to see how the mind works in terms of those areas. Another way to enhance creativity is to change the way we look at things, our perception. Use your imagination like kids do, like you did when you were a kid. Humor and playfulness are also critical. Stop taking ourselves too seriously and allow ourselves to be silly. Here are some ways you can do this. Make friends with unusual people. Visit unusual places. Cultivate an unusual hobby. Take an unusual class. Notice the key word here, unusual. Try taking a walk. Get away from those screens. Give a difficult person in your life a sincere compliment because you have to get really creative with that one. Drop a social activity you don't like anymore to free up your time to do the things that interest you. Send a silly card to someone. Browse in a bookstore. Don't follow the news. Sleep on the other side of the bed. Get a massage. Rearrange the furniture. Laugh. There are so many different things that you can do on a day-to-day basis. Get your hair cut differently. Wear something you would never wear. Go for it. That's all a part of being creative. And if you're now just joining us, you're listening to You Inc. with Rhea Greif on 90.5 WCBE. The more you experience your own originality the more confidence you get, the greater the probability that you'll be creative in the future. The idea is to develop the habit of paying attention to your own creativity. Eventually, you'll come to a place where you'll trust yourself more and you'll instinctively turn to your creativity when you're confronted with problems. Our lives can be filled with creative moments, whatever we do, as long as we're flexible and open to new possibilities, willing to push beyond routine. Creativity is digging deeper. It's singing in your own key. That's a quote by James Earl Jones. guest 
is not only a creative herself, but also a champion of creatives, Jamie Goldstein. Jamie is Vice President of Marketing, Communications, and Events at the Greater Columbus Arts Council. She brings two decades of expertise in marketing, public relations, and the nonprofit arts, in addition to overseeing the branding events at GCAC. Her role includes increasing national awareness of the city's abundant creative capital and cultural assets, assisting with the implementation of Columbus's cultural plans, and strengthening expanding partnerships within and outside the community. And also, the Greater Columbus Arts Council, under the guidance of Jamie Goldstein, has pledged $1 million for the Smart City Challenge to include and pay local artists to integrate arts and creativity into the Smart City Initiative. What an incredible vision. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, Ria. Okay, Jamie, let me ask you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life where you have not felt creative, being that you have this long career with the arts and creativity? Oh, plenty of times. Um, and sometimes I would, I would prefer to think of myself as a lapsed creative as opposed to a, a current creative, but I don't, I don't know that that's fair uh, to myself. I think that I was a dancer for many years growing up, uh, and now I express myself through painting at home and writing and journaling, and uh, you know, a lot of my job involves being connected with creatives, and that's inspiration in, in and of itself, most certainly. I can count many, many friends in the arts community uh, who are artists in one discipline or another, and um, I'm grateful to them every day for the inspiration that they give me uh, to keep on keeping on, as it were, so... Um, arts administration as a field is, isn't inherently creative, but you are pushed to the limits because I think there's an expectation there on the part of the public and the larger community that, well, you're in the arts. Of course you're creative. Right, right. So Columbus is a city that's ranked high in intelligence, ease of living, great place for conferences, fairly safe, known for its strong, independent, and creative nature. And you run the Columbus Campaign, which showcases community artists, their work, and their stories. So this is a well-received campaign. Congratulations. And shines a spotlight on those making Columbus's art scene a coveted one nationwide. How did you manage to launch this groundbreakingly creative campaign and get all this buy-in? Uh, you know, there's been a lot of studies over the past 10 years, a lot, meaning like 27 over the past 10 years about the arts and culture in Columbus. We, all of them have come to sort of the same conclusions about we need to market ourselves more. Uh, we need to get more public funding. Um, we took those, the culmination of all of those studies and started to sort of checking off the boxes. Okay, we know we can get this done. What's the low-hanging fruit? We know we can get this done. When we got to the marketing piece, we really realized we, we spent about almost two years crafting the Art Makes Columbus, Columbus Makes Art campaign. And along the way, what we discovered was that, one, no one was telling this story consistently and comprehensively of the, of the arts in Columbus. Two, people connect to people. Um, you know, our organizations are amazing. They're world-class. They're doing incredible programming. Uh, but, but in this day and age, particularly, people are getting so much pushed at them. So many events, you know, in Columbus, and this is a great thing, there's at least three to five events every night that you could go to and enjoy just in the arts and culture mm -hmm. from small to large. And so we wanted a way to break through that clutter, and give people uh, a peek behind the curtain into the passion and the inspiration and the creativity that exists here in Columbus. And we, we decided to do that by telling the story of our amazing artists, the people who choose to make Columbus home when they could live anywhere. Right. And, um, and they 
contribute so much to our quality of life that uh, we, you know, we took this to our board and to fund funders and they thought it was amazing. And so uh, we launched in 2015, in June of 2015. We're about a year and a half into it. We have 40 artist profiles online at columbusmakesart.com, as well as a really robust event calendar. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want people to be inspired by learning about these creative people and then also go out and experience inspiration within the community. And also, you were, we were talking here before we got started, and you had said that creativity has been demonstrated to have a large impact on learning. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, there's The research just keeps piling up. And I don't think that there's anybody out there anymore who would, who would disagree with this. Studies show repeatedly that students who engage in arts learning and creative expression from whatever age on do better in all subjects. Dropout rates are reduced attendance rates improve, and self-esteem amongst students improve. And that speaks directly to well-being. Of course, if you're doing better in school, you're going to feel better about yourself. If you graduate from high school, you're going to feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and what the research shows is, in general, arts and creative expression impact well-being in a positive way amongst anyone of any age. Mm -hmm. And then places also that have places that have a high level of culture too tend to have less crime and that type of thing, right? I don't know about the okay. I, I don't I don't have any studies that okay. impact that. But generally so quality of life is very important to people. We're engaged right now in the middle of a, a pretty important research project that's testing the public opinion on arts and culture in Columbus. And it's the first time we've done this very specific, what do you think about arts and culture? How should it be funded, etc.? People say specifically that quality of life, education, and the impact on the economy are the top three reasons that they believe that arts and culture are important in our community. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned uh, impact on people and people's well-being. There's also, you have some initiatives of working with people with disabilities and how that's helping with uh, that. We have organizations who are doing amazing work with autism. Um, Columbus Children's Theater and Cat Cook for Kids have special sensory productions uh, that take into uh, autistic limitations. Can you tell us a little bit more what that sensory production is? Because I remember looking at it when I wanted to take my kids to see a production at the Children's Theater. Can you tell me what that is exactly? So with autism, very often loud noises or bright lights can um, can trigger an episode and mm. so and I'm not particularly learned in this but I do know that the folks in the community who have brought their children to these productions are so grateful mm. that the that the productions take into account they reduce the lighting mm -hmm. um, they may reduce the volume mm -hmm. um, they make sure that there are no sudden noises mm. or startling noises and so Obviously, there are certain productions that would not lend themselves to this, but they, they pick specific productions that help them expose um, young people who have autism, wherever they are along the spectrum, to these kinds of performances because we know that art inspires people. Mm -hmm. And being able to get out and experience a creative uh, production or exhibition or performance is, is inspirational mm -hmm. to all of us. Mm -hmm. So... In your personal life, what's the last creative thing you did in your personal life? The last creative thing I did was a drawing. Uh, a, like I would maybe call it more of a doodle uh, <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> I have a coloring book by my bed. I mm -hmm. think a lot of people are finding those now, too, the very intricate ones, uh, which I find very meditative. Mm -hmm. They actually are. And I, you know, and I've been looking into Columbus Cultural Arts Center has incredible classes. I felt recently um, particularly 
after um, our recent election, <laughs> a sense that I needed to find something cathartic and that would, as you said earlier, be unusual for me. So trying something I'd never tried before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely want to get out and, and do that. And, you know, sometimes it can be something as simple as brushing your teeth with your left hand or going a different way, to, if you're right-handed, uh, going a different way to work, just right. changing your routine a little bit. At the moment, I feel like I need something more. And Columbus offers a, just a wealth of opportunities in that front as well. All you have to do is just, you know, Google is a beautiful thing, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, take a look at uh, what there is out here. But I would highly recommend if anyone's interested in a class, very reasonably priced, to check out the Columbus Cultural Arts Center. Awesome. So when I think about you and I think about, you know, you, you clearly wear your art in your hair and the way you present yourself and you dress... I when I think about now, if we were to go to your house, I envision there's art everywhere and statues everywhere and sculptures. And is is that what your home environment I, looks I like? I am I am an art collector, okay. definitely, <laughs> and I love to collect. I have a few, um, you know, a few pieces that are you know very precious to me because they came from family mm-hmm. um, and are heirlooms. But mostly, I collect local artists' mm-hmm. work. Um, I love one when I look at a piece of art. Does it make me happy? Does mm-hmm. it make me smile? Does it make me think? Is it something I want to look at every day? Knowing the artist and being able to connect to the artist is just an added bonus. Mm-hmm. And we have so many incredible visual artists here mm-hmm. in the community. Yeah, I have actually art starting to stack on my floor. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about how I'm going to start to rotate things on the walls because I've run out of space. Right, right. So I found a quote that says uh, about you that you had said about yourself. It says, I'm a big believer in finding silver linings, having had to do it my whole life. Sometimes it's the only way to keep going. Do you care to comment on that? So um, my father was murdered when I was 15. And, um, you know, my life wasn't great Mm -hmm. for a few years, probably until I graduated from high school. His life insurance money ended up paying for my college. Mm. And that, I think, was the first uh, example to me of how can you take something that's really terrible, Mm -hmm. I mean, like the most terrible thing that can happen to you, and turn it around and say, was there anything that good that came out of this? Mm -hmm. Um, There must be something. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter how far down you are, there's always a way up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to find that little thing. I'm I'm also a huge believer in gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, we don't spend enough time as human beings being grateful. Uh, I think it's the most powerful tool we have in our arsenal um, next to creativity. And being grateful is something that makes your heart happy, uh, that makes other people happy, that um, also gives you perspective. No matter how bad things are, you can always say, I have my health. I have, um, you know, I'm walking around. I have my sight. I have my hearing. If in, even if you have to, I have food in the refrigerator. I have a roof over my head. Even if you have to take it back to the bare bones, try and find that thing that makes you grateful. Right. Um, and so I think that's that's really important. That's and that's related to silver linings, really. You know, I think it's hardest when you're uh, when you're really down, but that's the time that it's most crucial. Mm-hmm. And um, do you remember your first art festival? My first arts festival as a person or working at the Greater Columbus Arts Council? <laughs> first as a person and then I want My to first talk arts a festival as a person, yeah. So I went to the University of Michigan. I'm gonna, I don't hear all the groans that are going to happen when, <laughs> when this airs, but I'm from Michigan, so everybody should just cut me a little slack there. And 
I my first internship was with the Washtenaw Council for the Arts, and uh, I got to run a stage for uh, the um, Ann Arbor Arts Festival. But I had been going to that arts festival since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Flint, and which is just about forty five minutes from Ann Arbor. And uh, my grandmother was a huge art collector, and my family loves art. And so I remember from the time I was a wee one heading to the the Ann Arbor Arts Festival. And um, just wandering around and, you know, the booths look so much bigger then. It's funny about that. Mm. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, but it was always inspirational to me. Uh, I can't, I can't draw very well. Um, and I think that's, that's something interesting when people think art, and this is why we're trying to move away from that particular term into creative expression. I think it's really important. Um, when people think art, and I've done work with uh, kids, particularly, they think I can't draw. Mm-hmm. I'm not an artist. I can't draw. Art, being an artist means so many things. Mm-hmm. And the disciplines are so varied. And everybody finds their own way into it. I may be a terrible illustrator, but I don't paint so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a good dancer at one time. And mm-hmm. I still love to go out and dance. And mm-hmm. that's really fun. Maybe some people can't move their bodies very well. And they feel really awkward. But they are amazing painters. You know, we... We find our own way into creative expression, and there is no wrong way. It's not about the product, particularly the end product. It's about the process. So important to remember, it's about the process because the process is where you get that well-being from and where you find that sense of peace and happiness. So, Jamie, if I was a young artist trying to kind of break into the market, what, what should I do? Columbus has an incredibly supportive arts community for artists. And this is cited amongst our artists who are part of our Art Makes Columbus campaign. They almost all say being in Columbus makes me feel supported because the artist community is incredibly collaborative and not competitive, right? And so I would say uh, for a young artist, if you're interested in um, exhibiting at the Columbus Arts Festival, we have an emerging artist program. You can apply if you're in Franklin County, Franklin or surrounding counties and you've never done a major arts festival. You can apply. You get a reduced booth fee. We um, give you some training to help you understand what it's like to display. So that's one way if you're interested in exhibiting at an arts festival. Uh, join Facebook groups like Art and Artists of the 614. Um, People are constantly posting work, getting feedback. You can connect with other artists. Uh, Go explore spaces like the Idea Foundry if you're a maker. Go tour the studios at 400 West Rich and introduce yourself to people. We have just a tremendous amount of ways to connect and get engaged, Mm -hmm. and you will be welcomed. Um, I've seen it happen time and time again. Or just call Jamie Goldstein. Or you can just call me and I'll send send you the list. Right. (laughs) Speaking of, tell us some of those websites that people should go to to get some of the information about some of the initiatives that you're working on. Uh, First, ColumbusMakesArt.com. Uh, that's the event calendar in our artist stories. It's also an artist directory. Uh, so if you if you are an artist in any of the five disciplines, literature, music, dance, theater, or visual arts, you can create a free prof- profile online that's searchable. GCAC.org is another site where you can find out more about us. Uh, mm-hmm. GCAC gives grants to artists um, and arts organizations, project support, operating support. And for artists, we do professional development uh, and supply grants. So you can get up to $500 to buy canvas 
um, mm-hmm. or um, pick up ph- ph- uh, photographic supplies or really it's and it's open to any discipline. Mm-hmm. So those are just a couple of visual examples. Professional development, you can go and take a class to further your, your uh, professional mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. Uh, or you can attend a conference or you can mm-hmm. use it to, you know, really uh Give yourself that little extra boost that mm-hmm. you need, you feel, to take to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. I'm not only impressed just by the whole creativity, but just your work ethic. And you just have this drive. And it's just really apparent. And I think Columbus is very lucky to have you. And thank you for coming here today, Thank Jamie. you so much, Ria. Thank I you. really enjoyed this. Okay. This was a great conversation. Good. Thank you. from our person on the street. Tell us, Elspeth, what are your thoughts on creativity? Creativity is, it's the life force. I think it's incredibly important not to think of creativity as simply the, um, you know, as simply things that big artists or big thoughts artists have. Everybody has it. It's what drives everything. Any little change, anything worth doing, worth, anything that's motivating is creative. And what was the creative thing you did today? The creative thing I did today, actually, I took a break from work, which was incredibly stressful, and I wrote out a paragraph on a fictional character I created, and it got me through the rest of the day. Beautiful. Thank you. And if you're now joining us, you are listening to You Inc. on 90.5 WCBE. My name is Rhea Greif, and I'm here with you today as I am every week to help build the most important brand in your life, which is you. When we talk about building, we use tools, and the same goes for building your brand. These wellness tools will help elevate your emotional intelligence and help to lead you in a more positive, successful direction in life and in business. Some of these tools you will find helpful immediately and some you'll put in storage for another time depending on when you will need to use it. This week's tool is challenge and why it is important to have the courage to challenge yourself as a part of your life. And I'm also going to show you how to utilize this gift once I've demonstrated to you that this is a great tool for your brand.
Now, what do I mean when I say challenge? Now, this goes beyond trying something new. This is about being bold, really committing yourself to something that will require many hours, sacrifice, facing fear and failure. Signing up for a triathlon is an example. Or if you really want to go there, try conquering the St. Calls Challenge in the Pyrenees. But first, we really need to get in touch with our truth before embarking on our challenge of it. These questions can be found in the revelational book I recently read, Geared Toward Men, But I Found Its Point of View Invigorating, Backbone by Daniel Wagner. Here are some questions to think of. What gets me out of bed in the morning? What do I spend most of my energy on in life? What do I love most in life? What unique gifts do I have to offer the world? What is my deep purpose in life? And my favorite question, if I knew I couldn't fail, what path would I attempt? And why this is my favorite one and the one I personally use as a way to continue to challenge myself is that I assume that I will not fail and I just keep forging forward. And then one day I look back at the next mountain I climbed and I'm astonished at how that crazy idea I had, this ridiculous dream is now a reality. Of course, this takes a tremendous amount of work and sacrifice and pushing myself hard, but the feeling of accomplishment is what keeps propelling me forward. Now you might say, why should I challenge myself, Rhea? I'm perfectly happy with myself and the way that I am in my life. Don't try to make me feel bad about myself. Indeed, as the book Nudge suggests, you are your own choice architect, but your brain has pitfalls in its processes that may be interfering with you making those good choices. If our ancestors had not challenged themselves or even any of the previous generations, we might not be holding on to lighters in our pockets next to our iPhones. That's why. And of course, as I always say in my introduction, this tool may not be the one that you want to wield right now for your brand. In fact, a lot can be said for another Ewing tool, gratitude, but that's another segment. So what are the benefits of challenging yourself? One, you build inner strength and allows you to face greater challenges in the future. You are fully present and dedicate all your focus and you forget about your past and future. You confront challenges that make for a smaller ego because it builds the humility in realizing that there are some things we still need to learn. You taking action in the face of challenge forms a sense of self-responsibility instead of looking to others as a source of blame or help. You Gain the confidence and pride of accomplishing difficult tasks that free up your mind and spirit to be kind, thoughtful, and generous to others. In other words, let love rule. You inspire others to do the same and become better versions of themselves. You develop confidence from your achievements that helps tackle hurdles in business and in your personal life. And you and your experiences make you better equipped in dealing with those challenges at work and in life that you may face. Always bear in mind that some days you're the windshield and some days you're the bug. On the days that I'm the latter, I like to pick up inspirational books like Hope Dies Last by Studs Terkel. And remember, the first lap around the block is always the hardest. Each time you go around, you're stronger, faster, smarter, a better you. Let us try to embrace that Heraclitean fire. My teachers allowed me the exhilaration of my own discovery is a quote by Robert Oppenheimer, on how he came to be a nuclear physicist.
if you're just joining us, you're listening to U Inc. on 90.5 WCBE. Our guest today on U Inc. is the absolute embodiment of taking on tremendous challenges and succeeding with aplomb. Greg Dodd may already be a familiar name to you, or the hashtag is friend coin for his Greg's list, for his Herculean effort to meet the challenge of one new activity a week. He also had a hug log in which he hugged one person a day and kept a record of it. Greg Dodd is also the director of marketing for the Columbus Metropolitan Library. What an inspiration for anyone looking to challenge themselves. Welcome, Greg Dodd. Thank you. Hi, Ria. So in 2014, you woke up one morning, painted your wall, and you wrote this list. You know what? Actually, I had the wall already painted. One of the greatest inventions ever was chalkboard Mm. paint. So there was a, a wall in my kitchen that I painted from ceiling to floor with the chalkboard paint. And the chalkboard was absolutely blank. And I got up on uh, the 31st of December, and I thought, um, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution list, but I am going to really challenge myself to come up with 52 things that I said that I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And and we've all we've all seen those things. We all made that mental list, whether you read something in a book or see a scene in a movie and you say, oh, wow, that's cool. I want to do that someday. A year passes, five years passes, and then 10 passes, and you just never get to the list. So I always had this sort of Mm -hmm. uh, running list in my head, and it literally just poured out. There was no real forethought in doing this. I made, I numbered the chalkboard 1 to 52 to do Mm -hmm. an average of one new thing a week Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the uh, entire year. And then I started filling that in. And within 20 minutes or so, I had the list. I took a picture of it and posted it on Facebook. And literally, instantly, it just started uh, spreading. People started liking it, commenting. And then people started to sign on. Mm. I'd I'd love to do number 14 with you and and number 52 with you. And so then I all all of a sudden started keeping track of who wanted to do Mm -hmm. stuff with me. And um, I'm not sure I knew what I was getting into at the time. (laughs) And so going back to 2012 when you did the hug log, what what inspired that? And then was that experience the one that gave you the confidence to do something as big as that one? Oh, the hug log. Mm-hmm. Well, and the interesting thing about the hug log was it was 2012, which was a leap year. So oh. I had 366 uh, hug, hugs to get that year. But you're right. It was it was sort of, I wanted to challenge myself to do something sort of out of the ordinary. I mean, we all make you know, some of the typical New Year's resolution list items, right? Lose weight, mm-hmm. exercise more, eat better, drink less, save money. And I thought, I want to do one thing this year, but one thing that really is sort of fun. And it all it all started with um, the little pocket calendar that came in the mail from my insurance company. Mm. And as an iPhone user, who, who uses a paper right. calendar anymore? Right. And it was sitting there and it just sort of hit me that I'm going to hug somebody once a day for every day of the year. And the hug log was born. And, you know, the first few days of January... It was sort of um, people are like, what? 
And then uh, shortly thereafter, people were asking me to hug them so wow. they would be in the log because at the end of every week, I would take a picture of the entire week and tag everybody on Facebook. So it sort of became viral as well. Mm-hmm. So you you accomplished the hug log. I did. I did. I did not miss a day. Okay. There were a couple of times where it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, I didn't hug anyone today. So I literally would, you know, go across the street, knock on a neighbor's door, or, you know, run to the carryout or the grocery store, and, and I would hug somebody. Wow. And it was just such an amazing experience not only for me but for the other people so it's it, it's all about challenging yourself mm-hmm. and once you get going you know it's it's addicting mm-hmm. and it's it's as you said earlier it's it's really inspirational so you don't want to stop it just continues to evolve right and so did you complete the list I did complete wow. the list I did complete the list and in this 2014 list is, this list is like black diamond level of difficulty. I mean, we said go indoor skydiving, hot air balloon ride, uh, stay up 24 hours in New York, see the Northern Lights. I mean, these are huge ones. Take a trapeze class. You got a tattoo even (laughs) to commemorate it with the hashtag Greg's List, right? That's right. There's a story there, though. I didn't know that that's what I was going to get. In fact, (laughs) I was um, sort of wondering, what should I get? The Block O or... Mm -hmm you know, my um, my Sagittarius sign or whatever. And then one day it hit me, I should get hashtag Greg's list to commemorate this list. Right. And uh, that sort of um, has marked the year for me forever. And uh, really, really proud of that on the ankle. And, you know, it's all about those contextual experiences. Mm-hmm. We can read about something or listen to a friend tell you what it's like mm-hmm. to, in this case, have a tattoo. But until you really experience whatever that item is, you don't really know uh, what that feels like or what that accomplishment um, can mean for you personally. But but I just uh, sort of, it, it flowed out and you know, in hindsight, it wasn't a cheap thing to do. I gave myself a $5,200 budget That's not bad. and blew that out of the water pretty early on. But things like walk across the Golden Gate Bridge, mm-hmm. I had to uh, certainly buy a, a plane right. ticket and a hotel expense. So that sort of all factored right. in. So it was a fun, great year. But the best part about it was doing it um, with other people, but even most importantly, doing it for other people because there were so many, I mean, thousands and thousands of comments and likes that people really appreciated taking the journey with me and uh, it inspired them to have their own list. And right. that's the whole point to challenge yourself, whether it's one item or 52 items, pick up your pen and make your list. Because until you write it down, Mm -hmm. it's not oftentimes real. Right. I know one of the people that you inspired was Morgan Howard. I remember I went went to her place and I had seen that. And you touch on a couple of really interesting points. One is the experiential learning theory, which is unless you actually do it, you're not really going to get it. Um, So you do have to do it. You can look at it. You can follow you on Facebook, but you have to do it yourself as well. The second thing that you touch on is one that I always encourage people to do is you need to write things down in order for you to achieve it and accomplish it. So you talk about these great experiences that you had with your list. Did you ever have one that wasn't so great? You know what? They really were 
you know, to your earlier point, I was I was both the windshield and the bug <laughs> throughout some of these. Some of them, uh, it, it took a long time before it really started to feel real. So I know we're on radio, but if you can envision the the list being on the chalkboard, and it didn't get crossed off until it was complete. So uh, there were many items that were being worked on, but until it was completed, it wasn't checked off. So it was... That, that list became part of my life for the entire year. And early on, to see so few things checked off, perfect example on the list was to run 12 5Ks once a month. And while I you know, did January and February, it still did not mm. get checked off until December or um, to, to swim two miles. And you know, I was training for that. Um, for several weeks and certainly to run two different marathons in two different cities in the United States. So you're constantly, and I did that, and I did that, that, uh, you know, this was certainly poor planning, but I did that in two different weekends back to back. So I ran the Indianapolis Marathon and then flew to Las Vegas the next weekend and ran the, um, the Vegas Marathon. And needless to say, my body was hurting, but but it, I accomplished it, and I knew that um, people were counting on mm-hmm. me. And I know that sounds sort of cliche, but uh, I knew that you know what got me through this year. What a lot of it was this idea that pain is temporary, pride is forever. Right, right. So, I mean, no doubt you're clearly invigorated by life. You have a birthday month. Your home is known as the House of Dodd. I've been there. I love your doodah parade parties. You were the less grand, less than grand marshal of the doodah parade and so much more. But was there ever a time in your life that you were not inspired, Greg? You know what? I really work hard to be inspired every day. It's it's really about, you know, having you know, having that that mission-driven philosophy and passion to get up every day and, and make a difference. And and my parents really instilled that in me. But to answer your question, absolutely all of us do. Mm-hmm. And and what we need to do is just brush that away as quickly as we can, surround yourself by positive people, and um, push through. I know it's it, we, we hear it, and mm-hmm. it's easy to say, but doing it is a little more difficult. So whatever that passion is, I encourage people to find it. And you can find it by just experiencing a lot of different mm-hmm. things. Back to the earlier point of, you know, really, really doing something to see if you like it or see if you don't like it. There are certainly many things on my list that have sort of stuck that I continue to do. And there were others that I'm one and done. Okay. I'm not, I don't think I have a need to do them anymore. Any more tattoos? And no more works? tattoos. Okay. No more tattoos. That hurt. <laughs> you know, people tell you it hurts, but until you experience it, you don't know that it hurts. It hurts. And, uh, but to do a polar bear plunge, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure I'll ever do that again, but mm-hmm. I do think I have another marathon in me. Okay. I do think I have another marathon in me. Okay. One of the biggest challenges of this entire journey, and it was a journey, a year-long journey, and this list lived with me, it was literally a doctorate-level class in time management mm. because you're always thinking, if if the month of January would have passed and I wouldn't have done a January 5K, the the list was done. I, I failed. Mm. And, you know, it was... it. 
it was pretty early on that I realized what this list had become. I did not set out for it to become anything. Mm -hmm. As I say, you know, this was just for me early on. Mm -hmm. I'm just a guy that made a list. But it was within the first couple of weeks that I realized this is bigger than me. I'm doing this for other people because wherever they are in their lives, mm -hmm. they don't have the um, the resources. As I jokingly say, I have no people, no plants, and no pets. So, you know, I have, you know, the luxury of... Uh, being able to do a lot of um, a lot of different things because I don't have to, you know, be tied down. And uh, so just constantly scheduling and, you know, working out uh, where things are happening. So the polar bear plunge, you know, if, if you got past January in central Ohio, there aren't any established polar bear plunges. So that would have added to my my budget to fly somewhere else. So it was uh, it was a, a journey like no others. Again, sometimes the bug, sometimes the windshield, <laughs> but I got it all accomplished. Right. And, you know, I think you touch on something that's really important is that this really resonated with a lot of people. And so for me, that's kind of a message that a lot of people are looking for this in their lives. And seeing you do this inspires them to do that themselves. And this is, like you said, it's a message for everyone to kind of try to embrace this tool in their lives for their brand. So let's talk a little bit about um, you're the marketing director at the Columbus Metropolitan Library. My children and I love that place. I know Thank I mentioned you. that to you before. Thank you, you guys do a top-notch job. I love the remodel. I love the back leading out to the topiary garden. How did your personal journey and this challenge, how does that affect your work life? You know what? It's it really I've always been a list person. It's always about having a plan. And with a clear, concise, compelling plan, you can get things done. And that's really uh, what drives my mm. work in terms of my professional life mm -hmm. is having that clear, concise plan, bringing people into the plan and communicating that and doing it together. And as I say that aloud, it really that really is exactly what happened with this list. But that is my true philosophy. And it's the people at Columbus Metropolitan Library that makes our organization what it is. And that's such an important part of the brand. Mm -hmm. And I cannot say enough about the people that I work with day in and day out. Nearly 900 employees throughout the organization, 23 locations, um, from sorters and, and drivers mm -hmm. to our CEO. It is a, a group of people that is mission driven they want to work there it is mm -hmm. it is a passion for them congratulations on all the achievements with the columbus metropolitan library thank you thank, thank you. you for everything that you bring to the city before i move on to the next point can you tell us a little bit about where people can find your list and all that stuff where are some of the websites you can direct them to well there if you if you google uh, hashtag Greg's List mm -hmm. or Greg Dodd, that's with uh, two G's on the end, G-R-E-G-G-D-O-D-D, -D -D. you will certainly find it. But there is a Facebook page, Greg's List. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I have not, um, that was two years ago. And what really is special for me is how much it's still talked about. Mm -hmm. And towards the end of the year, I have, at least last year, um, there were several media outlets that have reached out to me to come 
and and be on air to talk about New Year's resolution mm-hmm. lists because apparently I'm now an expert nice. in that. So through that journey, so many people have come up to me and said, you should write a book about this. Mm. And, you know, I'm just a guy that made a list. Mm-hmm. But by the time that I heard the 200th person tell me that or ask me that, I thought, why not? Good for so you. I'm working on a book Yay. with a friend and looking at uh, getting the first 10 chapters done before it's presented to a variety of publishers to see if... Um, uh, it's picked up. I will say that uh, there is nothing else like this on the market. And this journey was documented from day one through on Facebook right. and Twitter. So to have all of the pictures and how I was feeling in the moment and how people responded, it's, uh, you know, so much of it's already right there. And just to, to visit the list to to come talk to you really gives me great pride that it has motivated and inspired others to make their list because life is a journey. That's what it should be. Mm -hmm. Challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, we are really sort of conditioned, and I don't know why, but we are conditioned to save our bucket list for the end of our life, for the twilight years. And let me tell you, there is nothing that says we're going to all make it. Right to our twilight years for whatever reason, mm-hmm. a bus, cancer, mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, live every day. Mm-hmm. That's that's my challenge to myself and and that's my message to your listeners mm-hmm. is really live your life every day, challenge your life because it makes your quality of life so much better. It does. It does. Greg, is there ever such a thing as too much? Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, I'm. I would. I would classify myself, and, and we know each other, so you're going <laughs> to chuckle. But I would classify myself as a extrovert. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I do need to recharge as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know go big or go home, right. right? I mean, my friends joke that I can't have a party with twelve people. It has to be three hundred people in my house, and uh, my house isn't that big, folks. So mm-hmm. uh, trust me. But uh, I think that it it needs to be all about you, where you are in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're evolving. I mean, what I do this year, it may not be what I did two years ago. So it's sort of, it's, um, life has a funny way of working itself out. Mm-hmm. You um, do what needs to be done in terms of what's given to you. And, you know, that particular year, I needed this list in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. I know that now. I didn't know that then. And again, I just made a list on a chalkboard. I had no idea that I'd be sitting with you talking about it on the radio. But um, it uh, it really has inspired me to um, live live the words that I say to other people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, for me, it's I want to get as much life in as possible. Right. And uh, so right now. Too much is okay. Okay. And you mentioned that you were going to be speaking on some other programs about New Year's because now you're seen as an expert. Anything you want to direct uh, your fans to so they make sure they catch you? Well, I haven't I haven't been asked yet this okay. year, but last year mm-hmm. uh, that certainly was, uh, I had several requests. But, uh, you know, if the book gets picked up, I'm going to continue to write it throughout 2017, the first several months, mm-hmm. and hopefully it will be on shelves this 
this time next year in time for people to hopefully be inspired to uh, make their lists into 2018 and beyond. And again, you know, again, mine was a big list, but your list could be one or two items. And, and just pick up the pen and write it down. We all have that thing, I know we do, mm-hmm. that you, you saw and you said, I want to do that someday. So, you know, dig deep, figure that out. That day's today. And uh, go for it. Right. Well, I know that the world is thankful for you taking on this challenge and completing it and, you know, documenting it. And we all going to look forward to that book next Thank year. You. Thank Thanks you. Thank you. Fingers coming. crossed. Yep. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. This was fun. Thanks. I think so, too. from our person on the street. So tell me, Stephanie, what are your thoughts about challenge? I think challenges are the greatest thing that we can face every day. Some days my challenges can be, should I get out of bed? Some days my challenges are to be, to laugh less or to do more. But without those challenges, all of my days would be the same. And without the challenges, I would continue to stay the same. How boring. To laugh less though? Yes, at the wrong moments, I've been asked to laugh a little bit less. Okay, thank you. And that's our show for today, folks. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Maria Greif, and you've been listening to You Inc. on 90.5 WCBE.